I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Right, sorry, we just had to pause that because Chris had to... Uh, emergency phone calls. Emergency phone call. Um, dominoes. Dominoes. Couldn't order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, bringing it back to, to where you was at, so you um, yeah, so they, they turned the electric oven yeah, off. Yeah, they turned the ovens off, so I couldn't even have a like, little bit of toast. And then one guy just went, oh, yeah, have a sausage, which was nice because that sort of thing don't happen, yeah. you know. And then, like, one of the African guys, go, oh, here's a bit of... The, they used to have this stuff called Gary. It's like... Um, powdered rice that gets made right. into like a big thick dumpling. He went, here, I have a bit of Gary. And then someone went, I have a bit of lamb curry. Then an like, Indian guy, I'll have a, have a bit of this chicken and mm. have a bit of mashed potato someone. And I had this fucking pile of, of food that if, if it was served to you, you'd throw it on the floor, you know. And I just walked back to myself and I just thought, you know, I'm amongst all these people who, who society think are a bunch of mm. arseholes and they've just sort of They've just fucking fed me, you know yeah. what I mean? Each, each one of them has shown a little bit. And, and that got me thinking over the weeks and months after that, that I just, I, I, not that I realised, because I knew it was, it was always there, but, you know, if, if we all just fucking help do something nice, just a little bit, together, it can fucking change things, yeah. you know? And that's the sort of mindset I started taking at this point. I was having a conflict of myself. Yeah. The real me was coming out, and the, the one on the outside was slowly diminishing, yeah. you know? Um, and then I got a job, um, I was in a welding class and I wanted to get on the computers. Um, cause at this time, which was 80, uh, sorry, 96 computers were just sort of kicking in. Yeah. I knew that they were the future. So I thought I'll get on the computer class. I had five years left at this point. I thought I'd, uh, you know, sort of get to know computers for when I get out. But the waiting list was, was really long. But if you went on into education on another class, you'd be pushed up further up the list because you're already in education. So I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll go in the art class. It's, it's always a dos, isn't it, when yeah. you was at school? So I went into the art class. One of my mates was already in there, Michael. Um, and started doing it. The, but straight away, the tutor in there, he was like Basil Fawlty. He was like a, a camp Basil Fawlty. He'd sort of, he'd have a go at people, but in this really camp manner. And no one, if any other teacher done it, they would have ended up getting sort of cut, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he just got away with it. And it, he was really, really funny. And like within a few days, I thought, oh, I, could, I could suffer him. You know what I mean? He makes all this craziness, yeah, yeah. you know, bring a bit of reality into it. Then he sh- started showing me these... Um, tech drawing techniques and I, I, I couldn't draw I, you know, when I drew it was like a 10 year old but it, it showed me how to draw this specific thing and the techniques he was showing me they sort of worked and I, I thought fucking hell I can do that then he sort of said well try this portrait and it was a portrait of um, oh, Burkhoff Stephen Burkhoff and I said well I can't do a portrait so I tried obviously it was shit but then he just showed me how to draw an eye and he just broke it down into shapes. And then I drew this eye, and I thought, that looks a bit like Stephen Burkhoff's eye. Then I drew the other one, and then I sort of started making my way down. I thought, this is looking like Stephen Burkhoff. <laughs> and then that was it. Then I thought, fucking hell, I can, I think I've, I can do this. And I finished it. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> 
Um, and then the computer class come up, and I went, no, fuck that, yeah. I want to I do this art. So yeah. I took up the art class. Um, we had to do a thing, a course on... Um, part of the course, we had to draw a, a painting that we've seen in a magazine or paper. And I saw one, and it was just this, like, quite a simple painting. And it said about the artist in there was a fellow called Dougie Fields. And we had to do a, a, a little bit of text about the, the picture as well and the artist. And now I don't know any fucking artist, but it said that this Dougie Fields lived in Earl's Court. So I thought, just for a laugh, I, I fucking penned a letter to him. Dougie Fields, Earl's Court, London, or Dougie Fields artist. Put it in the post, told, like, Douglas, like, Dougie the tutor, that I was, you know, posted a letter to the artist. Fucking fortnight later, I get the fucking letter back off this artist. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your letter. Here's some information on me. Then we watched a programme a few days later about um, some artists. One was called Patrick Hughes, one was called Ray Richardson. Patrick Hughes was all very middle class. Yeah. And by this point, I'd got into art and I thought, well, you know, I'd like to do it. But, and I thought, well, all the artists are all fucking middle class and talk like poets, you know. And they showed this Patrick Hughes, who was quite middle class. You know, he had an excellent vocabulary. And he just sort of underlined what I'd already thought. And then they put Ray Richardson on. Ray Richardson was from Woolwich, South East London. He, he talks just like me, you know. He's like fucking watching Arthur Mullard on the telly, you know. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. And then I was like, fucking people like me can be an artist. So I wrote to them two as well. A couple of weeks later, got fucking letters off of them. I'm still friends with them now. That was like 20 years, 20 odd years ago. But the turning point, which is a is one of these snafu moments, which I'm slowly working my way through, was, do you remember the, um, there was an exhibition on at the time called Sensations. It was making a big fuss. It was a, a big show in London. It had the Myra Hindley in it. Yep. Do you remember that? Right, that happened while I was in jail. And I thought, well, I've got five years left. And I was... By this point, I was properly into art. So I thought, I, in five years, I can work my way up that by the time I get released, I could even be going to university, you know, if I, if I yeah. knuckled down. I could see there was something there. And I thought, in a fucking three weeks, I'd come this far. Imagine yeah. what's going to happen in this five years. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do, all that sort of traditional type art. Um, and then they brought in this cons um, sensations catalogue, which had... Um, a picture of Myra Hindley and the tent and you know yeah. Tracy Emin's tent and there was um, like the sheep cut in half and I even used to joke that there was even a bloke on D-winging for similar for, for cutting <laughs> for cutting animals up um, and I was like well this ain't this ain't art this is that sort of shit anyone can do and in there was a postcard and it was a um, it was just a colander that you get under the sink and all the holes had nuts and bolts for them and I was like, I, I pulled this postcard out. I said, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a trip to B&Q with a fiver in your pocket, you know? And uh, he, he said, well, I, I, I said, well, what would this be worth? He, he went, it would be in the thousands. And that's when I went, oh, I've got to get into this sort of fucking art. This is like ripping off, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, ripping off art collectors. So I was going, it's, it's, it's shit art. And he said, well, take the catalogue back, or take this book back and read it. Once you've read it, come back and then say it's shit, you know, if um, at least give it a chance, you know. So uh, I've gone back, and on this, this postcard that I was talking about, they had the colander. Um, it was by an artist called Mona Hatoum, and it was called No Way Too. And it turns out that this colander was meant to be um, a barrier over her country, and she'd come to the UK to to go to university, and because of the uprising at home, she wasn't allowed back because she was an educated woman. And the holes in the colander represented the entrances and exits being blocked up. Right. And I just thought, fucking hell, <laughs> how has she said all of that with a fucking... Trip to being kidding. Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. And that's, and that's when this conceptual art, which is it's, it's, it's all in the title, it's all about the concept, the idea mm. behind the art, not what it's taken to make yeah. it. And I was like, fuck, I've got it now. So I started at the front of the book again. And then I'd read about the Myra Hindley, and I'd go, oh, that's pretty fucking mm. good there. Mm. Then Tracy Emin's tent, and I'd go, 
fucking amazing. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all of this. I didn't quite get the language because it was a different language, yeah. you know. But I knew the, the, the sort of the substrate of it, you know. Yeah. Concept. Yeah. And uh, I went back and I went, fucking hell, I want to know more about this. And like, I've gone up in the library, and it was a shocking library, you know. It was just like old French and Italian masters. And, you know, ironically, a, a Rolf Harris book, you know, a prick can read it himself while he's in there now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so in the back of this catalogue was a list of all the artists and who they, uh, the, the galleries that represented them. So I just penned out the same letter to about 30 artists and sent it to these, I just sent them out. Bearing in mind, we was only on about like fucking four and a half quid a week and all my money went on stamps. stamps and by this yeah. point, I was doing drawings, like little cartoon things on people's envelopes and yeah. getting a, you know, a few little bits that way rather than you know, what I used to be into before. Yeah. Um, and then come a couple of weeks later, and I told Dougie what I'd done in, in class. He thought it was fucking hilarious. A couple of weeks later, I've opened my door and there's a parcel on the floor and it's an A4 parcel. And I don't know how much you sort of know about art, but there's a, a, one of our most famous artists is a woman called Sarah Lucas. It was a parcel from her and her boyfriend, Angus Fairhurst. Yeah. And they were, they were in that show, and they're massive international yeah. artists. They've sent me a couple of books and catalogues. Um, great to hear from you. Yeah. You know, here's stuff about our work. Next day was a guy called Gavin Turk. I've, you know, I've got one off of him. Now, I, I knew that they was in this show. I didn't know how famous yeah. they were until later. But then over the, over the next few weeks, I was just getting loads. My, near, nearly fucking, all of them replied. That must have been so exciting to It was be fucking that. amazing. And it really put a little boost of morale yeah, of everyone else up the wing as well. Oh, yeah. really? And so, uh, morale on the wing as well, and, and, and this focus that, that you're getting now, Gal, through, through obviously people responding to, to something that you're now starting to develop a, a massive passion for mm. and focus. Where at this point is the, the day-to-day grind of, a, of, of prison life? Like, you know, from what you was doing and how you was living day-to-day in prison, doing what you, you know, I guess a lot of prisoners have to do to get by. Now you're focusing on art and that. Are you now a softer kind of... Um, inmate or... Are you just spending less time with people? Yeah, well, on, when I was going through that transition... When I say softer, do no, you know I, what I, mean? I know exactly like... what you mean, but when I was going through that transition in my mind, and you do get... Because it's a fucking... You know, it's like a pack mentality in there, yeah. and if they see one that they think is weak, they'll have a little... This pop. is where I was going with it, so, yeah. So, at the start, when people go, oh, he's fucking, you know, he's turning... Like, you know how they are, you know, he's turning gay, you know, giving all that luck. Yeah, yeah. Then you just fucking snap back and go, like, don't think I'm fucking... Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, changed yeah. altogether, you know? And yeah. You sort of still put your authority down so that they know that you haven't gone weak, yeah. as it were, you yeah. know. Um, and then after a while, because like, it, it was all about money in there as well, trading. After a while, I thought, well, I don't give a fuck about money anymore. Because it was money that got me there. Yeah. It got money, money was the reason I was living that life. Money and cutting corners. And I thought, well, I ain't going to fucking cut corners and chase a pound note anymore. Never. Never again. And I just fucking stopped. Um and just was concentrating on this art. And I'd set myself a little goal in my head that when the assessors come in to assess my course once I'd done it, if I didn't get the absolute top mark, then I weren't good enough. If I put 100, properly 100% in, and it weren't good enough, I knew that it's pointless me going forward. Well, I'd done that, and when the assessor come in, like most people put their art around the classroom. I had mine around the classroom, around the foyer, going up the stairs at the top of the wing. It was fucking everywhere, all this art. Because I was just, when the door was shut, you know, overnight, I'd be up until two in the morning, reading, writing, replying to these letters, reading stuff I didn't understand, trying to, like you imagine trying to read German, and then after a, a year or so, you start to understand it. That's what I was like with this art language. And um, yeah, I'd set myself this goal to be as good as I can be. And then the, when the assessor came in, he said, right, he said, I'll tell you now, this is the best I've ever seen, um, not just at this standard, on even the standard above. He said, this will be a, a definite distinction. He said, and if you're thinking of going further, all of that out there will get a pass. All of that going up the stairs is at degree level. <laughs> And yeah, and then because uh, I didn't know how good I was getting because I had nowhere yeah. else to fucking yeah. go against, you know what I mean? Although the tutor was going to me, oh, you're really good, you're really. 
it didn't mean anything no. because he was telling it to the fellow Words over there. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was drawing with a crayon with his tongue hanging out. You know what I mean? <laughs> What are you laughing for, I mate? I've seen you making notes for Gary got here. I didn't think you'd done any time, <laughs> But then what I used to do as well, I'd end up sort of doing these little paintings for people. Yeah. And I'm, I've done these big... Um... Gal, just one second. On. While you're telling this story, I just want to say, you brought us some bottles of cider I that did. you've done yourself. This is fucking delicious, mate. Mm. And you've done your own sort it's all of... It's right, isn't it? You have, you, you have bottled at home. You, he Amazing. hasn't completely escaped the knocked-off stuff because he's, no. he's done his own <laughs> label called Mangled. Instead and of like, <laughs> Instead of Magnus. It's brilliant. Comes from the, sh the shed, goes to your head, and there's a little message on the back here. Sure, you like reading messages, mate. You're on your in. Mangled on shed cider. This may not be for you, and that's fine. Unless you are one of those distraction pieces, boys. In which case, this is for you, and you will drink it, and you will fucking like it. Even if you don't, you will tell me you do, or I will hunt you down one by one. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Mate, it's delicious cider. I just so wanted to say, it's strong, isn't it? I've been really enjoying it, and I keep trying to say it, but your story's so engrossing, and I'm like... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for rabbiting on You're so not, much. mate. It's, um, you, this, is, this is one of those podcasts which is... Uh, An insight in the world it, we know nothing it, about. Exactly, mate. So <laughs> yeah. you crack on, but I had to say it then. So, yeah. so I'd get... Um, people had asked me to do these paintings and drawings. So I started doing like little Disney ones for envelopes and that just bored me. And I ended up doing these, um, like a great big A1 size barb from Barbed Wire. And um, it'd be like, you know, the Warhol when they're just like one or two colours. Yeah. So they were pretty much like them. They were very simple, but I'd get, I'd draw them out and I'd get other people to come and paint them. So they'd say to me, oh, how much for one of these? And I'd go, oh, it's a tenner which is two weeks' wages, you know. So they go, all right, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll charge you a fiver if you come in and paint it with me. And they're only like a little paint by numbers, you know, they're, they're a couple of different colours of blue on a yellow, if you like. So like I was just pissing about there, saying about the fellow with a crayon, I'd have like this fucking hairy-arsed, proper crank of an arm rubber who everyone's shit scared of, sitting there painting, and, and he has got his tongue out, you know, fucking trying to colour in these yeah. these um, these shapes, and he's asking me questions. He'd go like, "Why did that Picasso paint like that? Um, you know, and why yeah. did this artist do that? All these little bits that we've heard before. Yeah. Why did Dali do the melted clocks?" And I'll be standing there, and honestly, I would be fucking booming inside yeah. that I've got this fucking lunatic just sitting. I mean, if I laughed, he'd turn around and stick the brush in my eye. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I've got him there. And he's just, he's, he's entered my world, you know? Yeah. He stepped out of his fucking lunacy yeah. and just gone into a bit of fucking, yeah. bit of calmness, you know? And that, that properly, properly touched me. And that's, that's the point, even to this day, that's what I still get a buzz from now, you know? So I was into, I went, I'd done that course. Um, I got told that I could go to another prison to do the next course up, like the advanced. So, so you're moving, moving because I now. got this because I got this um, um, qualification. It shows that I am changing, or that I have changed, or at least making the effort to change in the eyes of the authorities. So they go up with downgrading from B category, which is high security, to C category, which is obviously medium security. Yeah. So I said, like you know, can I go, Dougie? The tutor I was with, Dougie, he wasn't qualified to do the next course up. So I arranged to go to this jail in Sutton, in Surrey, where the tutor was qualified. Fucking hell, Dougie must have been well happy. Oh, yeah, well. he was over like, the moon. That booming feeling you had, he must have had that for yeah. you as well, must Yeah, have. definitely. When I got to this jail, the fucking cute tutor wasn't as qualified as Dougie. So what Dougie ended up doing, he got hold of the syllabus for me, or, or whatever you'd call it, and... And he'd sent it to me. And it, this was um, the book for the teachers, uh, for the tutors. Um, so I had to sort of learn all the language in there and sort of tutor myself. And in the end, I ended up going to college just to hand in my portfolio and get a distinction there as well, you know. So that was it. I said, right, that's it. Now I've got, you know, I've, I know I've jumped forward a few yeah. years. Um, but now, then I had a year off where we had to go out to work because um, there was no nowhere higher I could go apart from degree and I couldn't do a degree at the point I was at the moment. 
So I applied for the degree for the following year and had to go out to work. Um, fast forward that, now comes to the point of me getting out. I'd applied to university. Um, I got accepted into, you no know, University of East London, along the docks there. Yeah. I applied to there, went down there, got accepted, and then they let me out for the last two weeks of my sentence was when I started university. And it was just the first, well, you've done it yourself, the first two weeks is just fucking about, really. Yeah. You don't do anything. Yeah. But the, an, a nice little twist is that the morning I got out, which was... Um, about 9.15, I was supposed to get out. Um, I got out of jail at 9.15, and I had my first lecture in university at half 11. So when everyone else would be going out, you, getting mate. on the lash, yeah, or yeah. you know, going to see their girlfriend yeah. or whatever, there's me with pen and paper, and I was the fucking happiest person and in I that university. Oh, mate, that's so good. That's so cool. I mean, I can't imagine what, what that must be like from being incarcerated for... For how many years did you serve? In seven. Year? Seven. You did serve for seven. And to then come out of there, and, and like you say, you imagine most people must just go straight out on the piss. Yeah. And, and like, did you feel completely reformed at this point? Did you... Was I, you was I was... Oh, that's what I didn't say. I do apologise. No, when I was saying that the guy said to me, this is... Um, this le this is degree level, yeah. you know, and this is for the advanced. Yeah. Yeah. When I'd done that first course, I'd set a thing in my mind that if I got the distinction... Crime and that life was gone, and I, I'd, I'd set myself to that. Yeah. And the day he walked out of there, I hadn't got my results because that would come about, I don't know, six weeks or so later. Yeah. But just by him saying that, that there's no way that I won't get a distinction, it's the best he's ever seen. When I walked back to my cell that day, which was on the 18th of April, um, 2000, oh, sorry, 2000, 1996, would it be? I was a fucking different... My, my life changed as soon as he said... As soon as I walked out of that classroom, back to my cell... I mean, I've, I'm you know, a big fella anyway. I was two stone lighter. My fucking back had straightened up and I was a different person. Yeah. I was totally, totally a different person. No longer... I, I described myself um, as two different people. Up until that light, up until that point on that day, I was... I used to use a dodgy name called Roy Maynard when I booked into hotels or got mm. pulled up by the police, that sort of thing. I say that up until the 18th of April, 1996, that was Roy Maynard. So that was RIP for Roy. Yeah, Gary Mansfield, come to life that day. I'll call myself a born-again artist, because that day was just how I imagine yeah. that euphoric feeling that people, when they sort of accept whatever God they've yeah, just accepted, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how I imagine yeah. that's how they felt. Because I was, I genuinely, it was euphoric. It was just like... I mean, I've had, I had coke since. When you have to, when that coke gets you yeah. for the first time, that fucking buzz mm. that lifts you up, that I was like that for a fucking months. Yeah. Off, off thought. Yeah. Off an achievement. What did you think of Roy at that point? How did, when you look back, or what, what you know, because you say it's a different person, how did you see that? Oh, when I hear you talk about Craig. Yeah. is when I think <laughs> about Roy because he's, yeah, he's the yeah, other yeah. half of your personality yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah. much as we all think that we're the same person all the time we've, we've, we've all not, got yeah. dozens passes, of yeah. yeah definitely and Roy is the one that I look back on and I'm not ashamed of what Roy no. done because yeah. I just go well that's the life he was leading yeah, yeah. I look at it like we can in our own minds we can look back when we was 13 and we done some fucking stupid things when we was teenagers sure. and you go to yourself oh, I was a kid and that's it. In your mind, you blanket. Sure. I can do that with Roy. I yeah. just go, that was Roy Maynard. You know, and even yeah. now, when I've bumped into people, when they go, you fucking done this to me. Mm. Or, you know, I, you, you fucking took a liberty one time. Mm. And I go, I'm sorry, it weren't, it weren't me. That was, mm. it, I'm a different person now. Mm. You know, I, I apologise, you know, yeah. for, for what I've done back then. Yeah. But I was a different person leading a different life. Yeah. And that's... Are you, are you at peace with that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I look back on it, there's a few things that would have been in my other top fives where mm. I go, fucking hell, that stepped a bit too far. Yeah, but yeah. within the moment, you know, it, it was yeah. it was happening. You know, yeah. it was it was happening, you know. Yeah. Stuff happened and and it was, you know, violent. I was living in a fucking violent world. Yeah. And when, well, I ain't even going there, but, <laughs> you know, when, when violence meets violence, yeah. you know... It's violent. Yeah, it's never fucking pretty, <laughs> yeah, is it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm not that person anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, I have little fucking flashbacks every now and then, like you were saying, when someone pisses you off in a motor. Yeah. 
But I was crossing a road a while ago with my kids. And like my kids' bike, we, my kids was, they're two years apart. It was sort of like maybe six and four, walking across the road. Blokes jumped the lights. And I just fucking bang, gone. And I just, I walked calmly with my kids and my other half. I took them indoors and I said to my other half, I'm just going out. Now she's only known me as yeah. Gary Mansell. She never yeah. knew the person before. Yeah, yeah. But she's seen a few instances, Flashes. you know. And then she's going, no, don't go out. And that's it. I'm going, I'm, I'm hunting these fucking four mm. fellas in this car all around the place, you know. And luckily I didn't, I didn't find them. But yeah. occasionally I sort of flip back, which I, I've only done it a couple of three times, you know. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not ashamed of what I'd done. I'm ashamed of what he'd done, you know. But yeah. he was a different person to me, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I'm not going to carry around baggage of someone like I see of someone else's, you know. Um, it's fucking hard enough getting by as it is yeah. as a fucking normal person, yeah, you know. Yeah. And as I say, the I've noticed when since I've got out, like mates of mates of mine, old mates have turned up and they go, "Yeah, look." You're at, like because I'm at uni and everyone's fucking skinned, mm. aren't they? Mm. And, I've, and I've only ever just worked normal. I've turned my back on everything. They go, yeah, look, I've got some of these if you want to knock them out. Oh, fucking hell, mate. And, and they're yeah. only trying to help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, cool. But it's just like going to a junkie, do you want a little line? <laughs> yeah, live, do you want a little line? <laughs> and it's like, I appreciate it, but not tempted, you know, yeah. not tempted at all. And it is, I do feel like it's that fucking, like uh, anyone who's been addicted to drugs or booze or, or whatever they've been addicted to, I do feel like that all the time, you know, that it could so easily come back, but there's just that little something. Like, I'm an ex-smoker as well, you know. Mm. I could easily pick up a fag every now and then, but I choose not to. And it's like, when I see that bloke walking out of the co-op with a big bag to his van, I think, oh, it'd be so easy just to fucking, mm. you know, take that off him. And, yeah. But I just choose not to, you know. And and that that there, by choosing not to, that's 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 the reformed you, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, it did used to bother me that I'm still getting these faults. You know, like, uh, as I say, it's, it's normally to do with, um, as I say, when there's someone walking out with a big bag, yeah, okay? yeah. or when there's something where easily... Opportunistic. Where, yeah. I mean, I was never right. one of those right. to nick yeah. out of a bag, but constantly on the train, I'd be going to people, excuse me, love, your handbag's undone, or your, your mm. backpack's open, you know. And, mm. Mm. Is that after you take something out of there, then, Gary? Was no. It? <laughs> you just no. Their yeah. Out of there. yeah, just to make yourself oh, look no. good. <laughs> but, um, I think it was that fella over there. Yeah, but now I am. Roy. That, yeah, yeah, Roy, it weren't me, it was Roy. Roy yeah, I'm really a fucking schizo. But, <laughs> but that's the thing, I, yeah. I act upon yeah. the other things I don't see. Yeah. And... Um, I'm more vocal as well now. Mm. Like when I, if I'm there and there's someone drunk who's, I had this instance with my kids a little while ago. We was in the co-op that I just spoke about, and I had my, my two kids with me, and they was maybe nine and seven, and I'm in the queue, and I live on. Do you know Mark's Gate in Chadwellief, the Moby Dick? Yeah, yeah. Now, so it's, it's not great. It's, it's a council estate, um, multicultural. There's me and. You know, it's like a fucking Coca-Cola ad on, on the queue. You know, there's someone <laughs> from everywhere, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. We, you know, we'll get along. And then these pissed guys come in, shouting all in, going, ah, oh, fucking this and that. And I yeah. go, I'll go, I'll knock it on the head, fellas. And then they start being fucking racist. And I go, no, no, we, we, we ain't having any of that round here. Yeah. Knock it on the head. And they're carrying on. So then I fucking turn on them. But I have my kids with me. This is where I weren't thinking properly, you know. I was thinking of... Because I saw the, the woman behind... You know, like the Asian woman behind the counter. She was getting a little bit timid. Yeah. The African woman who was in front of me, she's turned round and she was yeah. scared. And I thought, this ain't fucking right. No. You know, like, these fucking arsehole. So then there's me flipping back again to the bit where I weren't going to get violent in front of my kids. But... I turned into a person, my kids, because my kids don't know me as no. anything yeah, yeah. other than a nice dad, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I've just, because they didn't listen to me the first time, that's when the old me come mm. back and I fucking turned on them yeah. and I just told them to knock it on the head or else, you know, and, and it, it fucking worked. So sometimes you have to sort of jump back to the... But that's not necessarily the old you, that's just someone just knowing right from wrong. Yeah. But there's yeah. also the, the, the threat of, 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 of violence as well yeah. there and like in the intimidation but which, know, which you, 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 you yeah. yeah I know fully well that if it if it did kick off then it, you know you sort of see that black mist and you turn yeah. into a fucking fight yeah, I think yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah for sure so have you 
have you gone back into the the prison system with art? Is yeah. that something you've considered or you've I've done? I've done, done it, yeah. Right. Oh, that's I, done, I was doing it for a while. And it, oh, that's a... Again, sorry, if, if I, I know I'd rabbit on the loan, no, but okay. call me back if, if need be. But I went into Chelmsford, funnily enough, and I'd gone in there a few times to do art classes, give workshops, and it was always all right. And then there was the. By your own means, I'll sit now. <laughs> no, I just went in, I, I applied to them, um, said that I'm an artist. You know, that yeah. I, I didn't say that I was in prison, because I don't think that would have worked mm. well, but went into the jail done an art, art class with the fellas a couple of times. It was all right. It was a jail that I'd spent a lot of time in, so I knew it quite well. Yeah. How was that? It was hard. It was really hard. I come out and I was fucking... I, 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 felt, it, it, I felt anxious as soon as I walked in, and I thought, well, the screws were obviously going to know me, although it was like 15 years later. Um, and although when I was walking out the second time... There was a screw. You know what I said about the screw that I intimidated to move me from Parkhurst yeah. to Swellside? He walked across the court. Huh. And he's looked at me and he went... Oh, he, he looked at me, looked forward, then done a double take double and looked take. back again. And he, he's, he's chin at the fucking floor, his eyes come open, and i just done a soppy little wave to him, you know. <laughs> and he just carried on staring at me and his, his footsteps were getting quicker and quicker. I thought that I'd get sort of told not, that I weren't welcome, but I still went back again anyway and, you know, done it with the guys. And this is where I had the biggest... This isn't on here, by the way, on my top five. But when I had the biggest clash of conscience was um, a new lot of tutors took over and they'd heard... And I, I, I didn't know this, but the guys were saying about, the, can they get this bloke back in who's a really good teacher, mm. which is me. Um... And these new people took over, and I'd, unbeknownst to me, like, you know, they was doing this, I'd applied to go back in there to do another course, maybe six weeks later. I got there, and the, the tutor was being really arsy with me. And by this point, the funding had gone, and I was doing it yeah. off my own back. Yeah. So I was taking a day off work. Um, I know, you know, it's not much money driving 30 miles to, to Chelmsford or whatever it is, but I was doing it all off my own back, you know. Um, going in there, and this teacher's being properly fucking nasty with me, you know, like just being really short as if I'd sort of done something, you know. Yeah. So she said, oh, yeah, you've got the morning and the afternoon, guys. So I've gone in there, yeah, done all right. I give my, I've got a, like a little bit of patter that I give. And it's at this point when people try to test the visitor, you know, like being a bit fucking rude. And, and then I just sort of turn on them and I go look I ain't one of them like pointing at the screws in the room I say I ain't fucking one of them I'm one of you now knock it on the fucking head and then that's it it's, you know um, then you're alright so I knew that I had a morning and afternoon class and then she said to me the tutor when they was when these guys were going in the morning she went will you be alright with the VPs this afternoon so I went yeah sure I'm not a clue what a fucking VP is is a veteran prisoner then She's walked out, and then I'm looking through this little hole into the yard, right? And I thought, oh, there's fucking entrance to B-Wing there, entrance to A-Wing over there. There's D-Wing, where the nonces were. And then the fucking... As I'm looking out the window, this little crack in the window, by the way, the gate's open from D-Wing, where the nonces are and the grasses and all that. They've started walking over to education. And then I've gone, VP... Vulnerable prisoner. Oh, we never called them VPs. They was when I was in. They was called the forty threes because it's rule forty three that you have to sign away to go to say you're vulnerable. And I'm going, fuck. She's bringing the nonces over. And selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Me and a nonce was on one of my other lists. Um, so they're bringing the nonces in, yeah. and I'm going, fucking hell, I've got two kids. Nonces don't go down well with anyone out here, let alone in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And I can hear them all coming up the stairs. And I'm going, they're fucking coming in here. They're coming in oh, here. Oh, my God. And I'm standing at the end of this like horseshoe of tables that are set out, and I'm sort of in the centre of them. I'm thinking, no, don't come in here, don't come in here. And then these nonces started coming in, and I knew they were. And I've sort of turned my back, and I'm getting all fucking flustered. And I'm thinking, well, I've committed myself that I want to go into prisons to try and change prisoners' lives. I didn't stipulate in my head. I just wanted to try and change at least one person's life, how mine had changed through art, right? And then I'm thinking, fucking hell, but these are nonces. That's a different ball yeah, game altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, That's a different code to what yeah. you were following. And then as they've all sat around me, I'm like, I could fucking take them all out here. <laughs> That, that door's locked. The screws, all right, the screws there is, is not a problem. But I had like nine or ten fellas, and I thought, I, w- I was like a fucking fox in a chicken hut, you know. I yeah. thought, I can take all these cunts out here. Yeah. And, and in my own heart, I go like, fuck, it don't matter if I get nicked, because that's mm. the old, that's Maynard yeah, sticking yeah, up again. Yeah, yeah. Fucking do them all and suffer the consequences later. And if it weren't for this fucking Larry lad coming in, who I knew weren't a nonce, he was, it turns out, he'd just been, um, he'd run up a debt and couldn't pay it back, got bashed up and went on the numbers because he was scared. Yeah. Just as I'm having this fucking clash of, do I hurt and what do I do? Because I, I knew deep down I weren't going to do anything, but I thought, I can't just fucking talk to these people. And then this lad walked in and uh, he went, he walked in, he went, all right, nonces. And he was like a fucking proper lad. <laughs> turns out he was from Dagnum. And, uh, he sat down and he went, um, the, the tutor went, oh, can you just introduce yourself again? So I went, yeah, so, um, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm going, I'm, uh, and I couldn't look at anyone in the eyes, but I could look at this fella. I could look at this fella or the tutor that was at the back of the class. So I said, uh, yeah, my name's Gary Mansfield. And the fella went, where are you from, bruv? And like, you know, he's one of those, mm. I went, I'm from Dagnum. He went, you ain't no relation to Danny Mansfield, who's like my little brother. So I went, yeah. He went, you Gary Mansfield? Because oh, I'd already said like, my name Mansfield yeah. and, and he hadn't got the Gary. He, yeah, went, yeah. he went, are you Gary Mansfield? And I went, yeah. He went, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned around to this other bloke who turns out I figured was a nonce, but he weren't. He went, his little brother is a fucking crank. And everyone says uh, his brother is a proper crank. Like, you know, that <laughs> me. And I was going, I'm not that person anymore. Not that person yeah, yeah. anymore. But he sort of brought me back into a little bit of reality, you know? And then as I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him and the screws, and I figured I'm just gonna, um, the tutor, sorry. I thought I'm just gonna ignore everyone else. And I felt a bit good with myself that I'd sort of grown up a bit in that few seconds, you know? And there was this one fella sitting to my left and he was about as old as me. And uh, he was just sitting there and he just looked really sad. And But there's a point where I've got to come and get him to fucking work on the artwork, you know? So I've sort of called him up, but I'm still talking to this one fella, the Dagnum lad who's come up, and, but this fella just kept catching my eye. And I thought, well, if I was wrong about that fella, I thought it was a nonce, yeah. maybe he ain't one. Yeah. So I went, you all right, mate? And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out he'd just been pulled in off the street, but it just got given 14 years, right? And it was for noncing. Right. And I thought, fucking hell, 14 years for noncing, that's got to be a big, you know, Seriously. yeah. And uh, he went... He went, oh, you've just said you've done 14 years. He said, I can't see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. He went, 
I think I'm going to go out in a box. Yeah. And I went, fucking hell, don't talk like that, mate. Mm. I said, you know, you, you, I said, you know, you've just started 14 years. I've done 14 years. I said, the light at the end of the tunnel was a fucking speck. Yeah. But, you know, in a, in a couple of months, you would have got a bit behind you. You'd have got used to it. I said, and I'm proof that he... Now I thought, fucking hold on a minute. Yeah. I just wanted to cut this bloke's Battery. liver out. And now I'm being a bit compassionate. Yeah. But when I come outside the class that day and I got back in the car, I had that big... For about two years after that, I was thinking, well, did I do right or did I do wrong? Because when yeah. I told one lot of mates, my old lot, they're going, oh, you should have fucking just flown yeah. into them. Yeah. Whereas my new liberal arty mates were going... Fucking hell, that's off to you. Mm. And I was having that... It was, it was like Roy and Gary having a little fucking battle, you know? Yeah. But I've come to the conclusion that I was right, you know? Yeah. Whatever I'd done that day was right because that was Gary in there doing it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, so it just shows how much your mindset can, yeah. can change, you know? But on the flip side, if it was personal... You know, if he if he'd done anything to any of my family members, that's a different, that's a different level of fish. Of course, yeah. It's like revenge, you know. Yeah. But I got out of art for quite a long time. I started a master's, and I couldn't afford it because my kids come along. I couldn't afford the master's and the kids, you know. So did you meet your missus after after? Uh, so you, you become Gary. Yeah. And and when I was at uni, I also had I used to have a load of like clubs on the go like security before I went away. And they'd all filtered away, uh, flipped away while I was away, apart from one over in Dartford. And she worked in that one. And, what um, was the club at? I, it, was, it wasn't a nightclub, it was a, a social... Um, right. It was a company's, a Glaxo Welcomes ah, social club. Right, OK, right, right, right. Um, and I had like a, a few doormen in there. And uh, I was just... I was like a dog with two cocks when I got out, you know, <laughs> I was just sort of... And uh, I, I met her... And I just said, uh, oh, fucking hell. I just said to, to one of my mates, John, I'll give her, I'll give her my card, because she was upstairs alone, in the bar alone on, on this particular night, saying she was bored. I went, yeah, I'll take my card and text us. I said, you know, uh, have a little chat going on there. And as she walked up the stairs, I went to my mate, John, see that girl? She's going to have my babies. <laughs> and, yeah, she has. Um, yeah, Amazing. <coughs> yeah, one of those. But that's what, yeah, that's where I met her when I was in, uh, when I was in, when I was in, uh, in Dartford. But I'd given it up because I couldn't do the degree. Yeah. Um, I just sort of do the masters. I couldn't afford it. I sort of threw my toys out of the pram, and I didn't, I didn't look at art for years, like about six or seven years. And it, it was like, you know, when you was a kid and the girl used to, like, girl fucked you off and you had that knot in your feet. In yeah, your, yeah. It was that I had, but to do with art. And I had it for years. I, even if I turned the newspaper page, it was saying about art. Cause I, you, cause I love the fact you get you. that knot of anxiety and pang of that for being dumped by a, a girlfriend or missing your art. Did you not get that when you got 14 years? Because <laughs> for me, that would be... I mean, I, I, you know... I. I thought I was going to get sent down once, and when I was in court, I mean, even for, like, months leading up to that, my stomach was in knots, just thinking, I mean, I'd die in prison. I could not cope with that. And, you know, that was the most scared, horrible feeling I've ever had in my stomach. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have... But that's because you weren't living that life. Yeah, completely. That's not the life yeah, you was living. Yeah, yeah. That's not... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Likewise, when used to her in the DJ booth... yeah. I couldn't fucking imagine being up there in front of them people. Yeah. You know, mm. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't imagine doing that, you know. Yeah, and then once you do it a lot, then it's nothing basically. Yeah. Well it becomes a lot less. Yeah. And you become really good at it. <laughs> so, so, what one half of this uh, duo is amazing, the other half uh, is a nonsense grass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just the world you're in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know. Yeah. If you was in that world it's it's a different yeah. Yeah. different kettle of fish, you know. Um so you, so I can't, that's crazy. Like something that reformed you, you end up getting a bit bitter and fucked off with because you couldn't afford to really fulfil it how you wanted to. Yeah. So you moved away from it. And so was you then, you're working a full-time job at this point then? Or? I was working a full-time job. The job I'm still in now. Yeah. And I'm only in it now because the hours are really good. good yeah. I stayed in the job because my kids were at school. My dad was never about. And I put that down. I put the reason I turned out like I was because I was a bit of a 
you know, wayward kid, never had a dad about. Um, you know, mum had to go out to work to sort of look after us. I was on my own. I had it in my head that my kids were never gonna have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, and I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, like the, the first few years, you know, a lot of kids never see their dad because they're working all the time. And I thought, I don't want that to be me either. So I, the happy medium was to get this shit job yeah. that was had really good, good hours. hours. So I could take my kids to school one, one yeah. week, and then the next week when I'm on a different shift, I could pick them up from school. Brilliant. And I got so into the... That, that was so much part of my life. I even do my art... Now, now I don't have to take my kids to school. That's a couple of hours I've got to myself to yeah. do some art yeah. in the morning. The next week I can do it of an evening. Yeah. So I, I haven't yet sort of crossed over into full-time yeah. art. But the I didn't do art for a few years. And then my mate, had, um, my mate Lee was going to... There's a museum called the Foundling Museum in Camden. And... Um, Tracy Emin was giving a talk there, and I, I sort of knew Tracy because oh, all them artists who wrote to me, I got to know them when I when I got out, you know, when I was at university. So I was like this first year art student who knew all these. By this time, <laughs> they are mad. top of the fucking bill artists. I'm going to the shows, and they're just all right, Gary, you know, and it, it was quite an amazing thing, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so I've, I've gone to this this talk. As we've got in there, it's, it's, it's full in there. Trace is there. She's not giving the talk yet, but she's talking to these people, and I'm sort of looking at her, and sort of, you know, in your mind, you're going, look over, look over, you know, hoping she'd still recognise me because I hadn't seen her for five or six years. And then she sort of looked over and gave it like a double take, and a smile came on her face, and she just weaved her way through this crowd, you know, and she's come over. She went, Where the f- Do you know Tracy Emin? No, God, she, I mean, I think she's incredible. Good, mm. good. So she's come over, and if you've ever heard her speak, she's, she could sit in this chair yeah. and she's one of us. Do you know what I mean? Listeners, listen to her on Desert Island Disc because it'll blow you away. Superb. So she went, where the fucking hell have you been? I ain't seen you for years. And I went, I said, I said oh, I, I couldn't afford um, my master's. I said, I started a master's, couldn't afford it, give it up for my family. Now I'm doing this shit job. And I'm trying to be all noble and fucking mm. expecting her to go, oh, good on you. She went... And, oh, and I said, I haven't made any art for years. She went, you ain't made any art. You ain't made any fucking art. And I went, well, no, I ain't, I ain't had... And I was like a little boy. I was going, no, yeah. I, ain't had, I ain't had time. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't got the money and anywhere to do it. She went, you don't need money. She went, you got your fucking head, and not you? She went, you need a pencil and a bit of paper. She went, you don't need anything. She went, you can have a studio in your head. Now you go and you make fucking... This is in front of people, and she's properly telling me off. <laughs> And I was going, all right, all right. When I went, I'll go and do it if you just shut up. You know, just fucking leave. <laughs> and then when she got up on stage to give her a talk, she even mentioned me then, you know, about how mm. people come away from art and then they come back yeah. to it. She went, like, you're going to come back to it, aren't you? And then, bang, that was it. I was back into it, you know. Amazing. Just just for hey. her. If someone's going to kickstart your life back into art, Tracy ends up being that <laughs> It's person. not a bad yeah. place, is it? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, when she went out, as, like, I just sort of give her a wave because there was a lot of people between us. She's walked out, she turned around and she just mouthed, make art. And I just went, yeah. And that was it from that day. Amazing. I was back into it again, you know. And then I had a, like, a few different ideas. Like, I, I hadn't used, because I'd gone a bit rusty, you know, like conceptually for this conceptual mm-hmm. art. So I had this idea of making, you know the Myra Hindley with the hands, mm-hmm. which was made? Where's, there's a great big blank wall at work. So I thought, well... I'll fucking do something like that on there. And set myself, again, I always set myself these little challenges. If I can't do it, I'm not worthy. So I've done this great big fucking portrait made out of hands. Um, and I said, right, that's it. I'm, I'm sort of back in there. Um, and then I had this other, another idea about um, the change of identity. Yeah. Which is leading to where we started with the Katie Piper. So I've got this big thing that on paper, I'm a drug smuggler. I don't, I don't like drugs, and I've really got an hang up on that. But there's fuck all I can Understandably do. Understandably so. Yeah. But I have had my identity changed by someone else. Out of your control. Yes. So I, I was looking at um, how people are viewed with scars, with scarring, yeah. for instance, and how. Um, because I've got, I've got two friends who've got quite similar scars. One's a, one's a guy, one's a girl. 
when people, when you see the scar, they go, oh, fucking hell, what was that, a row you got into? I mean, it was a car crash that he had. Yeah. Um, oh, what was that, a row you got into? And, you know, I think it's all villainous because someone's got a scar on their face. But they see the girl and they feel a bit sorry for her. Do you know what I mean? So there's a bit of weariness for the guy, thinking it was something, a bit of skullduggery. Mm. But when it's a girl, they go, oh, you know, like they feel empathy for yeah. her. So I started looking at doing stuff with scars. And this is the introduction to social media, like yeah. Twitter. <clears throat> I'm not good on social media. I, I don't really like it. But I was on... I had this idea about scars, and then I was trying to think, well, what celebrities have, have got scars? So I thought of um, Professor Green, you know, mm -hmm. he's quite well known. At the time, the guy... Who's the Scottish guy who's got the big scar on his face? He was in... He's an American actor in a... Um, sorry, he's an actor in America. Um, oh, who was... Um, he, he, was he in a biker thing yeah, or something? Yeah, he was in Sons of Anarchy, innit? And That's that was, it. That was... He got... He got that was a... Cut to the face as a DJ, wasn't he? Yeah, they put a knife in his mm. mouth. Um, so be a good DJ. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. Otherwise you get a knife in your mouth. I don't know why you're pointing at me there, Gary. Putting it over there, there's a person who gets turned to... Get turned to turns <laughs> around girls' toilets. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with a DJ, being a DJ, mate. That's another problem. So I was, I was trying to think of a That's way to, to get... To sort of boost myself, because I'm, I'm such a wanker. I, I, I like... All this, all this time of being a criminal and trying to keep a low profile, now I've, I've, I've become an artist, and the thing to do as an artist is to put yourself out there, and that's what I can't do. I, I, mm. I can't do that. So I thought, well, if I try and get a, a celebrity involved, that'd sort of do that bit for me, you yeah. know? So I thought, oh, Professor Green couldn't really get hold of him on um, social media. And I was at work one time, and I start work, quite, I start work at six in the morning on one week, and I'm on the internet, or on, on Twitter, and you know Michael K. Williams? Yeah. From The Wire. Yep. Now, I first saw him in The Wire, and he had a big scar on his face. You know mm -hmm. Michael K. Williams with a big scar? Goes from, from um, his hairline on one side of his face down to the jawline on the other. Omar. One of the best. Omar. Yeah. So I saw him on that, and I thought it was makeup until I saw him no, on yeah. Boardwalk Empire, yeah. and I, he's got the same scar. Yeah. Anyway, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, and he's just fucking tweeted something. So I've just jumped onto it, and I said... Uh, Hi, Michael. My name's Gary Mansfield from the UK. I'm doing a, I'm an artist. I'm doing a project on scars. This is the idea I've got. Um, when you're in the UK, would you um, allow me to photograph you? Or because, like with the art community and, and uh, Twitter, mm. I sort of knew artists in America that I'd been speaking to. Mm. I said, or I can get someone to come and photography, uh, yeah. photograph you over there. Yeah. So I, I wasn't even expecting a reply, and he went, "Yeah, sounds good." Here's my email address. Tell me in more detail. Because, you know, I only told him in, like, 140 yeah. characters. So I sent him an email. And he went, I'm in the UK in the spring. Meet up. And I'll be a part of it. Wow. And I was like, fuck. This is Omar. You know, he's just... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he's just taken me for exactly what I've said. He, I haven't told him that I'm a big, famous artist. So, you know, he's just taken me for the, for the concept. So, fucking come... I can't remember what month it was. I think it was, like, spring... He's, he's messaged me and said, I'm, I'm coming over to London next week. Do you want to meet up? He said, I'm living in a place called Kensington. Do you know it? I was like, fucking yeah. So we've, we've met up this Saturday afternoon. I'm waiting outside Kensington Station. And then fucking Omar walks down. He's got the Is he gear. whistling? <laughs> Pretty much. He had a cap on. He had the fucking bad boy walk. He had the long leather coat. He was all dressed in oh, black. Wow. As cool as you can fucking get. And he was... We're in Kensington. It's white upper class. Yeah. Then you've got this fucking black guy with his big Mars bar down his face just strolling <laughs> through the centre. And he's going, yo, like, in, in, you know, I told him to look for a, a fat bloke wearing a green jacket, you know, and I've waved, uh, give him a wave. He's going, yo, Gary, and we've, we've gone into the, into the um, coffee bar where we've sat. And um, I'd, I'd already said to him, I said, look, I can't pay you. There, there, there is no fee for, for this, you know. So he said, look, I don't know anything about art. Would you do me an artwork? So I'd made him this mirror, right? It just like, because he was, during conversation, he was saying that his family, like his mum and his aunt, used to have all this, like, because they had fuck all there from the projects, they used to buy all this crappy old brass stuff that they tried to make look good, you yeah. know? And it, he was saying that he's, he's still got this sort of like pull towards that sort of stuff. So I bought this crappy old brass mirror and He's really strong. Like, his name on Twitter is uh, Brooklyn Boy Made Good. 
because um, he's really proud that he comes from the projects and he's where he is now, and, and rightly so. So he told me the area he was from was Flatbush, so I thought I'd go on Google Earth and have a look around to try and get a bit of sort of inspiration as to what to make him. And um, I knew I wanted to do something on a mirror, and then I couldn't really see anything, and it all started getting gentrified, like it has around here in Hoxton, yeah. you know. But then when I've pulled out of Google Earth and I've gone onto the actual map, I've seen that, you know, America's all horizontal and vertical, yeah. isn't it? There was this one diagonal road going down, and I thought, Fucking hell, that knife looked like his scar. Yeah. And so I've got a picture of him, and I've laid him underneath the scar, but it's going a different way. You know, like, the road's coming down from left to right, and his scar's from right to left. Now I thought, well, if he's looking in the mirror, that'll be, like, a similar sort of... Mm. So I've flipped his image and laid it underneath this map, and fucking hell, this... Um, Flatbush Avenue, it's called, just went Shut straight up. down his fucking face. I'm telling you, I've got, I've, I'll show you after it's <laughs> yeah, on the man. phone. Went straight down his fucking face. There was one little tweak I had to do with a road because yeah. where the knife hit his nose, it went sort of across his nose and then down again. Yeah. I had to do one little tweak on the road, but I'd got this etched onto this mirror. So I'd sat in this fucking Starbucks with Michael K. Williams around this little table. And um, I've, I said, look, so I've told him about the project and I've pulled this mirror out and I went, this is the artwork I've done for you. And he's looked at the mirror and he's looked at me and he went... It's a mirror. I ain't going to do his accent. It's too fucking cool. He went, but that's a mirror, G. And I went, yeah, I know. It's a conceptual portrait. I said, when you look in it, I said, this is you. And he went, okay, but all I can see is me. I went, but what's on it? He went, Flatbush. I said, how many times have you seen Flatbush? He went, uh, on a map. He went, tens of thousands of times. I said, you are Flatbush. Hmm. I said, and this is called, I called it Flatbush Ave in you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I said, and I was telling all that to him. Yeah. And he, he went, gee, I'm looking, but I can't see anything. And I'd worked it out for the scale of his head that if he put his eye into this recreational ground, the scar would go across his face. So I said, put your left eye into that recreational ground. So he's done it. And you can see him he's trying to fucking yeah. find something. And I had an actual physical map in my bag where I'd drawn a portrait of him on yeah. the map. Yeah. And he went, I, I, I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing it. And I went, look, and I showed him that map with that scar going through his... Mm -hmm. And he went, oh, because I was, I was saying to him, it's like Dorian Gray. I said, when you go through this, you're going to go back to before you got that scar, like before his 25th birthday, which is when it happened. Was it on his 25th? Yeah. And he, he weren't a villain or anything. He was a fucking dancer for um, Crystal Waters. Fucking he was a, a cho choreographer. Yeah, and it, it, like some guys had, had, were jumping his mate outside. He's gone to try and help his mate out, and they've turned around and cut him down the face, from, well, as you've seen. So he was going, gee, I can't see it, I can't see it. And then I've shown him this map, and I went, look at Flatbush Avenue. And then he's looked at it, he's looked at my map, and then he's, he just went fucking still. He's picked up this mirror, and this is a bit of an exaggeration, but he was fucking shaking when he picked it up. And you can see him adjusting his eye, and he's just looked in it, and then he's fucking put, put it down like that. He just leant down. Then I just see this fucking tear fall from his eye <laughs> onto the floor. And I went... Because while he's, while he's looking at it, I'm going, yeah, this is Flatbush in you. You know, you are Flatbush. Trying to sort mm. of work it up. Mm. When I saw it had gone that far, mm. I went, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I went, I didn't, didn't mean... He went, no, that's all right. He went, it covers my scar. Mm. He went, how did you manipulate mm. that? I went, I said, I just moved that little bit of road there because of the top of your nose. He went, so that scar, he said, that's always been there, and that's where I come from. And his fucking eyes are welling up, and he's, he's got up, he went, I've just got to go to the bathroom. And then he's walked out, and he's like pulled a tissue out, he's wiping his eyes as he's gone in the bathroom. And a woman opposite me, who was, like, you know, we were in, the, in the, this Starbucks or, or wherever we were, she's, she's looked over, she's looked at me, looked at the mirror, looked back at me, she went, what just happened? I went... I ain't got a fucking clue. <laughs> and then he's come back out. He was going, gee, he's going, this is the best bit of art I've ever seen. <laughs> and then we carried on talking after that. And that was going to, I mean, the project was going to be about scarring, like I said earlier, him with his scar. Because he said, when he's walking down Kensington High Street, it was like Moses walking, you know, all the yeah, white people yeah, moving out of the way. And I was talking about women with scars, and I'd gone on to talk about Katie Piper. And I was explaining to him about Katie Piper, yeah. the changing of identity. And even there and then, 
the, in my head, as much as I've got Michael K. Williams in front of me who says, I'm going to be part of this project for you, what do you want me to do? That's mm. what, going, what, what do you want me to do? In my head, I've gone, this works better with Katie Piper. Mm. Like the, the idea that I had when we've yeah, been talking yeah, about yeah. her. So that's when I went back home that night, contacted the Katie Piper Foundation, Carla, um, said, like, I've got this idea, told, given this big long email, I mean, as you see, I'm fucking talk for England, I sent this great big long fucking email telling them about the project. I say, I said, look, this is the idea I want to do. I want to take an artwork and use an artwork as a metaphor for people with, with scarring. Um, I want to use, it was meant to be about myself initially. Am I still worth as much if I've been damaged by someone yeah. else? And that's, that's what happened to Katie Piper. You know, some cowardly piece of shit paid for another cowardly piece of shit to throw acid in her face. Yeah. Um, and she's had her identity changed forever, you know, at the hands of someone else. So I said, I, I want to get art, an artwork from one artist and I want to damage it. And I'm an artist, so it, it's not—it's not just damage. It's mark making, yeah. what they call mark making. It's sort of a, like a visual remix, you know. So that's, that was the first show. I, I contacted one artist. I, I contacted one artist, Sarah Lucas. She said I'll get involved. Contacted Gavin Turk. He said I'll get involved. Next minute, I got them two. My mate Ray was the first one. Ray Richardson. He was the first one to get involved. Then Bond was face value one. Um, I had 30 artists sending me their work. It all got damaged. Um, and then the second one was the same. Um, it was such a success. These artists handing over their artwork um, to be damaged. It's quite a fucking weird concept. It worked so well. The artists wanted to be in the second. The second worked so well. Um, we're now to a point when we're at a third, and the third is in April, ironically, which was made clear to me April the 18th Dang, yeah. <laughs> which is the day I fucking turned how's, how snappy that? Gary that's amazing snappy, mate. Isn't it? yeah that's crazy I, I'm really looking forward to it I, I can vouch I've, I've, I've been to definitely Face Value 2 I'm sure I went to Face Value 1 as well um, and it's cr it's cracking mate I really look forward to seeing the artists who, 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 who you're getting signed up for this one can you give us a little little Sniff it, yeah, or is it all, all of, under wraps? What, of the people what, that are yeah, involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got the list. I always go a bit blank when I say it, but I've got, <laughs> at the moment, I intended to have 15 donors yeah. and 15 manipulators. But where I sort of get talking to artists, yeah. um, I sort of go and talk to them, like on, on, on the podcast I do, I go and talk to an artist and I go, oh, do you want to be in my show? Oh, do you want to be in my show? Now I've got like fucking 40 odd artists. <laughs> Which your podcast is Mizog Art, isn't it? it is Mizog Art. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's uh, and you have most of these guys on there. And what do you talk about on the podcast, mate? For people, I just have um, like um, your other podcast. I have a set of seven questions. Sorry. Um, yeah, I have a set of seven questions um, just to keep the narrative running through. Yeah. Because I don't. Although I can, as you've seen, I talk for fucking England. This is like the quietest used to have ever been on my <laughs> Do you know what? It's reminded me of the PTSD. Episode. That's exactly the same. Another Gary. Right, it's like it's just shit. If we've got to get the Gary special. Glitter. And, uh, and that glitter. And that glitter. And grass wall. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I do apologise for sort of rabbiting so much. Gary, it's been fucking you, fascinating, mate. I'm well known for it. Yeah, it's been very, it's been fucking fascinating. So and, where and so, yeah, people can check out Mizog. Art, Whereabouts uh, is, is that available, Gal? Um, just sort of anywhere, really. iTunes, Spotify. Um, it's ov obviously it's not to the uh, caliber of your one. It's you know I, I do uh, as as you may have seen, go on a bit of a fucking tangent sometimes. Yeah. That's the great podcast, pal. Absolutely. But yeah, I've got artists from Turner Prize winners down to homeless artists. You know, who's, who's, where art has changed their lives as well. So on that, I have everyone from the. Um, from the artistic ladder, as it were, you know. And you're on the socials? I am. It's just Mizog Art on all of them. M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. Well, we'll tag you in all the posts oh, and we put sure. this out thank on the socials. Much. Just be out in a couple of weeks. And uh, mate, thank you for just absolutely yeah. blowing our minds with yeah. uh, an insight in the oh, world. Thank you for story about. and hopefully we can come and uh, check out Face Value Free, buddy. Yeah, Absolutely. April the 18th. Thank you very much. Thank right, you, Gal. pleasure. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. 
It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a lot of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com I wasn't lying, was I? That was a crazy episode. What a life. It's amazing that someone can turn their life around like that and and not just turn it around, but go from a a life of something that I think a lot of us only sort of see in films to 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 then becoming you know a, a real creative and 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 pursuing the arts. It's fantastic. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to meet Gary and, and record that. And hopefully you guys can go and check out Gary's podcast and, and go and give him a follow on the socials and check out his art and stuff because it's, it's great stuff. And also in regards to High Quality please subscribe. Uh, you can do that at iTunes and Acast and we're on Spotify as well so you can listen on Spotify. Um, and on the iTunes, go and give us five stars and uh, and a little review. But in that review, be as horrible as you want about us. We actively encourage that. Right, that's your lot. We will see you next week for another episode. If you can't wait that long, head over to www.patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing, and, yeah, sign up, support us, and uh, and there's a whole wealth of podcasts over there, including the recent one with Gail Porter, so go and get involved. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.